Amen. Good morning, church. How are we all? Good. Hungry, I know. So <laughs> I'm so happy to be uh, giving a word for you today, uh, more specifically on International Day. It is one of my favorite uh, Sundays, not just to see all you beautiful people in your traditional, but mainly for the food. So I'll... I'll, I'll wrap this up a a little bit because I did not eat this morning. (laughs) But I am so happy and I'm so blessed uh, to share this morning. And um, while I was thinking about what the Lord wanted to say to me, uh, say say to you guys um, this morning, he's really given me, um, I think, what he's been working in me uh, through the beginning of this uh, year. And um, I hope it blesses uh, somebody. So I just want to pray. Um, Father, I just thank you for your word, Lord. God, I thank you that you use me, Lord, that you use anybody, Father God, that is just willing to listen. So, Father, I just pray that those that um, this word is for, Lord, that their ears will be open to hear, Father God. And I thank you that their hearts will be open to receive, Lord. Whatever it is, God, I thank you that you use me, Lord. Thank you that you love us, Lord. Lord, just bless us. So as we were um, preparing, I don't know about some of your homes. In my home, my mom, she started early this morning um, pre- preparing the food for this morning. But she did ask me early in the week. She was like, Bina, so what, what are we going to cook? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. Like, what's traditional South African um, cuisine? And I'm like, I don't know. And then she's like, actually, what are you going to cook? <laughs> like Pastor Billy said, if you don't cook, you don't eat. And I looked at her and I was like, well, we'll see about that because <laughs> have, I have my ways. I have my ways. Um, so don't ask me what I cooked because I didn't. Uh, but sometimes, uh, and I thought to myself, when she said that, um, what are you going to cook? I was like, I was going to cook, but now that you've told me to cook, I, don't, I feel a bit less compelled to. And I don't know if anyone is like, like that. Like, you're about to do something, but then somebody tells you, like, oh, you're about to do your bed. Someone tells you, oh, you need to do your bed. And you feel less compelled. You're like, yeah, I was going to do it anyways. Like, I feel like I'm the type of person I have to kind of say, yeah, don't worry. I was thinking about it. And you tend to feel less compelled when somebody tells you to do something, right? I'm looking around to see if anyone agrees. No, that's just me. It's fine. The Lord is still working on me. <laughs> and that's, that's part of my message this morning. So I wanted to look at David, and we're all familiar with David, but I wanted to look at not David, the one that killed Goliath, but David the shepherd and who he was. So as we know, David was the youngest son of Jesse. And when he was chosen, he was chosen by God um, to be king earlier on as he was a boy. Um, he went, um, I think God gave his uh, prophet Sa- Samuel to go to Jesse's house. And when he went to Jesse's house, he went through all of Jesse's sons, the older ones, and he shoo them away and he said, no, this is not the one that God has chosen. And then so when he finally got to um, David, this is what he was doing. So I'll go to the first scripture. He says, First Samuel 13, verse 14. And it said, But now your kingdom will not endure. 
the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and anointed him ruler for his people because you have not kept the Lord's commandments. And that was Saul, as we know. So before David actually became king and when God, the Lord told him that he would be king, I believe Saul was uh, reigning for just about maybe around 30 to 40 years during that time. And during that time, what was David doing, right? So David, he became an arm bearer for Saul. And he was very good with the flute and things like that. So he also would play for uh, Saul at the time. But before he became king, God sought after him. And he said, I am looking for a man after my own heart. And as the Lord has been teaching me um, through the beginning this year, and this has really been something on my heart to be like, God, wow, I wonder if anyone's ever thought about David that way. Like, God, wow, what does it take to be a man after or a woman after his own heart for God to recognize you in that manner? And so as it says, and as um, Rachel really pointed out, is that God is interested in your heart. God looks at the heart. And so where all these men that were um, seen as fitting to be king for other people, God said no. He was still searching for the one that was after his own very heart. And when he found David, when Samuel found David, what was he doing? He was tending to the sheep. In verse one, in First uh, Samuel chapter sixteen, thirteen to fourteen, this is what it says, and it says, "So he asked Jesse, are all these are all are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest." Jesse answered, "He is tending the sheep." Samuel said, "Send him. We will not sit down until he arrives." So when he sent him and had, and had brought him in, he was glowing with health and with fine appearance and handsome features. That is very important, by the way. They, they didn't miss that bit out. Um, then the Lord said, raise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day... The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went back to Ramah. And then so after that, David joined Samuel. He became a part of the palace. He sat with Saul, waiting for Saul to retire, being wined and dined and lavished and being, being served, right? That was the next verse, right? No? No, he didn't. He didn't do that. So even though he had this prophecy to be king, what did David go do after he was anointed with the horn of oil? He went back to his father's house, Jesse, and he went back to tending the sheep. And so I think David knew something that we can learn from. David was someone that God could depend on. And when his brothers went to battle against the Philistines, in chapter 17, verse 19 to 20, it says, Now Saul and they all 
and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shout for the battle. So for those that know me, the youth will know me because I always tell the stories. Probably the greatest miracle in my life so far. So (laughs) when I was uh, just finishing, I took math. I finished school in South Africa and I took math all the way. You have to, it's compulsory. I didn't do it by choice. Trust me, I would have left that subject uh, a long time ago. Um, Took math up until my A-level year. And uh, when I finished... I looked at my results, I finished um, my final year, and I looked, and I was like, God, I just want to pass, uh, so my parents don't yell at me, so, and the potential of university would be great. So now this is coming from a person that was predicted Ds from her GCSE year, right? And I got an A, and I said, yep, praise God, thank you, closed it, didn't look at it again, right? So I got an A in math, but as, as soon as I finished with school, Let's just say, don't ask me to tutor your kids, because I don't remember anything. I'm the type of person where, when it came to studies, I would study for that thing, study hard, and then once I'm done, forget about it. Don't ask me. So I'll pray for your kids, but don't ask me to tutor them. But that's sometimes how we may see the Word of God, that when we need Him, We run to God. We fill ourselves up with the word. When it suits us, when we're finished with it, we close our book and we forget about it until the next time we need to pick it up again. But David shows us here that actually the word of God has to be attended to. As David, although he was prophesied to be king for 30, 40 years, he still was in his father's house and he was still tending to the sheep. And let's not forget, while he was serving Saul, Saul liked him for a little bit, yeah? Then he got jealous of his fame after he killed Goliath and he fought the Philistines and everybody loved David. Saul was out to kill him. And when David had the opportunity to kill Saul, what did he do? He still continued to serve him faithfully. He continued because he knew, knew that it was Saul that put, sorry, God that put Saul in authority over him, despite how he felt about him. And so as God was kind of teaching me through this session, as I said, um, we have like a young adults meeting and It's for 18 to 35-year-olds on a Tuesday, 7 p.m. Please join. We're in the annex if you'd love to. (laughs) I'm going to be doing a lot of promoting during um, my sermon because it is my job (laughs) to get you guys there. So, um, and Emmanuel, who leads it, uh, he, every day, every Tuesday when we're there, he goes around and he says, what are you praying for? Um, What do you want God to do? And I love that because I think it holds us accountable for what is God doing and most importantly what are you doing for God so in the same way as 
I was kind of looking at the story of David as him being a shepherd. Felt the Lord saying to me, as we were sharing during our, our young adults meetings, is that we have to make up our mind about what we do for God, about how we serve him. And ask yourself, as you're serving him, am I serving him, is it passive or am I being submissive? It pays to serve in God's kingdom. And it doesn't pay the, wor- the way the world pays you, right? When you do something in the world, it can be taken away from you. Whatever you, you earn in this world, it can be taken away from you. But when God tells you to serve in his kingdom, the blessing that he gives you, actually, even he says he won't take away from you. Amen? Amen. So, again, another statement is I'm, a Afri- I'm from an uh, African church. I was saved in an African church. When you like something that we say, you say amen. Praise God. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you say amen. You respond amen. <laughs> Praise God. Um, and so that was the one point is that God wants his word to be attended to. Make up your mind about how you're serving God. Your strength is displayed in your faith, not by being, again, passive, but by actioning it. Don't dispense your power by waiting for the blessing that God has promised you. Because it's two different things. As we said, David, he didn't wait for his time to sit on the throne. He did everything that he was commanded to do. And so David's life as a shepherd, God looked at his heart and then he merited his execution. So again, another promotion, we have a Limitless Festival in August for young people. (laughs) And the last Limitless Festival, there was a youth worker from Hillsong. And he blessed me as I was Again, going through this message, he reminded me of um, some of the notes that I made in his message. And he was talking um, through John about John 1, and he made these notes about what it means to serve and serving as a child of God. And I thought this was amazing, so I'll read them to you. He said, his name was Daniel Watson, he said, serving makes the world a better place. Serving is indiscriminate. Serving precedes fulfillment. Serving builds self-esteem. Serving precedes influence. It It gives significance. Serving makes us more like Jesus. And serving is what saved us. Because that's what Jesus came to do for us. So what has God told you to do? And like me, you might be convicted um, at this time about God, like, I do love you. I want to do so much for you. Um, But you haven't told me anything. And the truth is, is God tells us as a congregation what to do. But individually, he speaks to each of us individually. Because again, God is not passive and he's constantly speaking to each and every one of us. And if that's whether speaking to your, 
a friend or your colleague or sharing a message with them or blessing somebody or tidying up the church. <laughs> I know Pastor Billy would like that one. After service, how do you serve? And when you serve, are you still serving when no one's looking? Or when no one says thank you or well done? Or even when they persecute you, are you still ready to serve? Because like David, he chose to serve Saul because of the authority that God gave him. And so I just want to encourage everyone and who this message may be for. That God does not condemn, but he convicts because he knows the blessing that he wants to give you through serving. And actually, the blessing comes through serving because he shows you the heart of God as you continue to serve and as you fall in love with it. And if you feel like, but God, like, (laughs) you haven't told me anything. So what's going on? (laughs) You haven't told me. I thought I was doing all right. (laughs) Maybe ask it in this way. With your eyes towards God and him showing showing him that, God, I have a heart for you. I want to serve you by, in the way that you want me to. Ask it in this way. Lord, how can I serve you? Lord, what can I do for you? How can I extend your kingdom? And so I just want to pray as Steve and the band comes back to just lead us into worship. That God will just show you his heart, but most importantly, that you show God actually your heart. Sometimes we can be like, when, when we, we, could, we could come with a lot of promises, you know. We could come with the heart that says, oh, but God, I was planning on doing that, and then this happened. But I meant well. God, you know my heart. And I don't think that's what he meant when he said he looks at the heart. Because he looks at the action behind the heart that you have for him. So I just want to pray that if we just bow our heads and we can just stand up in uh, preparation for worship and... Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, that as your children, God, I ask that you just forgive us, Lord, in times where we have become passive with your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that you change our hearts, Lord, to constantly submit to your will, Lord, to what you want us to do. And Father, I thank you that, as Rachel just shared, how important it is to forgive. Most importantly, I pray for each and every one of us just to be have a heart to forgive ourselves, Lord, for those times where maybe we might have missed it or maybe we might have looked away thinking that, do you know what, somebody else will do it. I don't need to do it. God, I thank you that you will just change our hearts, Father God. Change our hearts to be more like David, to be more like Jesus, Father God, to be ready to speak your word, Lord, to be, to be able to bless those that curse us, Lord, to be able to forgive those that persecute us, Lord, to reflect that life, Lord, that when Jesus came down, he did not come with a crown, Lord, but he came with a heart to serve you, Lord, to fulfill your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, 
that each and every one of us, Lord, I know that you are speaking to each and every one of your children, Father God, of what you want them to do. And God, I thank you that as those that are continuously already serving you, Lord, already know what they want to do for you, Lord, already heard from you, God, I pray that you bless them in that ministry, Lord. God, I pray that you bless them, that they will just continue to endure, Father God, to run that race, Father God, to continue to love, Lord, serving in your kingdom, serving you, Lord. God, I pray that you energize them, Lord. You energize them. You show them your word. You show them why why you ask to just be open, Lord, to just be ready to do your will. In your name we pray. Amen.